Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a show dedicated to helping you escape diet culture, gain trust with food, honor your body, and live a brighter life. Hello and happy Thursday. Thank you for joining me in this episode of The Kitchen Table. And before we begin, I just ask that you let your body lead throughout listening to this episode. I have my client Katie joining us at the kitchen table and the ways that she talks about her transition from the dieting paradigm into the intuitive eating paradigm are very real, but also it could be potentially triggering for some listeners that are struggling with their relationships with food and body right now. And so I ask that if your body is actually having a response that does not seem positive or supportive while listening to this episode, that you just join us for another episode of The Kitchen Table. And so thank you so much. And I trust that you'll let your body lead while listening. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe and rate and share this episode or other episodes um, that feel supportive for you. And that really helps me get this message out to others who might really need to hear the message of intuitive eating now and throughout the holiday season. So thank you so much. And if you choose to listen to the episode, enjoy or else I'll see you in another episode. Hello and welcome back to the kitchen table. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Alicia Brown, an anti-diet registered dietitian nutritionist. And today I'm so excited to bring Katie here with me at the kitchen table. Katie is more than a client. She is also just a friend. She is like here with me on this Saturday. We're recording on a Saturday and I feel she's like at the kitchen table, like at my house at the kitchen table with me. If only I was so lucky. <laughs> if only we were so lucky to be at the kitchen table, like literally together, but um, figuratively we're at the kitchen table together. And Katie is such a joy. She found intuitive eating in her own way and she's been doing some work on her journey in intuitive eating. And she'd like to share a little bit about what it's like, what the struggles are and how to like work through those struggles to keep on the journey of intuitive eating. Because I'm not here like talking about intuitive eating like it's the way. I know we talk a lot about intuitive eating on the show. And of course, it's like a foundation of what I work on with my clients. But I don't think it's like the almighty. You know, I don't think it's like, okay, just do this set of rules and you're good. It's that makes intuitive eating like a diet. Intuitive eating is not a diet. It's a journey. And so I'm really just a guide for my clients, like helping them through their own experience. And Katie is like working through her own journey of intuitive eating. And I'm just there like alongside of it. Does that feel true to you, Katie? Like in yeah, your experience? Absolutely. So can absolutely. you share about how you found intuitive eating and kind of like where you're at in your journey right now? Yeah. So I um, had been following you on Instagram for a couple months. I don't know I still try to figure out like how I found your Instagram. I have like no memory. Um, and I had struggled with binge eating for a really long time. Um, but it took me a really long time to admit that's what it was. Um, for the longest time I was just like, Oh, I'm just a fatty. Like I just eat food and I can't stop. Like I didn't realize how deeply rooted it was. Mm. Um, and so after like a period about like a year and a half of like pretty strict whole 30 paleo, um, the pandemic hit. Um, and I felt like really good about my meal prep and my meals. And I was like sharing this with other people. Like it had been really life changing for me. Um, and then I got into a period of time where like I was furloughed and I didn't have a ton to do. And so I would like go work out a couple times in the morning and then I would come home and I would have like 12 hours to fill. 
and the binge eating like really crept back in. Um, but this time it wasn't like cookies and M&Ms. It was like binge eating cashews and apples and raisins and healthy things. But it was still like this feeling of out of control and just like shame. And I mean, like you're just like sitting on a couch in a dark room, um, you know, in the summer, just like, and I can't stop eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a round of Whole30 in July. It was like my fourth or fifth round. Um, and it just like, I couldn't wait to be done with it. And normally I like love it. I was like counting down the days. I was so over mm-hmm. it. It was so hard. Um, and I eventually was just like, I don't even know if I was ready to get off the diet train. Like, I think that that's something I've really struggled with is like giving up this concept of weight loss. Like it's something I still struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, I need help with this. Like I, something's got to change. I can't do this forever. And I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me really was like, I got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started working together, I think at like the end of July. Mm -hmm. Um, And the concept of permission was my first, like, real challenge. Um, You know, I started letting myself eat more and more foods um, when I, like, at the height of my restriction. um, I wouldn't eat anything with, like, added sugar, nothing with gluten, nothing with dairy. Um, I restricted nuts for a while. Um, And I have a history of autoimmune. And so... I thought I was really like doing the best for myself. Um, And sure, I learned a lot, um, but I can eat all of those things without like an allergic reaction. So it's figuring out like what the balance is there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, permission was hard at first and I slowly started allowing myself to eat more and more. And um, I think one day in August, we had a conversation that was like, if it comes with guilt, it's not permission. Um, And I think one of the biggest challenges I've had with intuitive eating, like, lies right there. That, like, that sounds so simple, right? Like, just don't feel guilty. That's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't feel guilty. It doesn't work that way exactly. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more of, like, that permission and guilt association, like how permission can be the thing that alleviates the guilt after a meal? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think like what I did to, to finally like figure that out. Cause I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Um, it really does. Like when you're fully allowing yourself to have it, like there's no reason to feel guilty for it. And mm. if you're feeling guilty for it, then you're not actually saying it's okay. Like I know for me, I've always had a sweet tooth. And so when permission hit, it was like, I wanted to eat all the cake and all the cookies and all the ice cream. Well, when I was still feeling guilty afterwards each time, I wasn't actually saying it was okay. Like the whole time I was eating the cake, I was like, this is going to make me gain weight. I shouldn't be eating this. Um, You know, this has way too many calories, like trying to do the calorie math in my head. Like that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're not actually, that's not actually permission. Like I wasn't actually giving myself permission in those moments. And, um, I don't know. I really don't know when it shifted. I think that I just continue to say yes so much 
that eventually it was like, this is what we do. This is okay. Um, and it was a fun process in a sense because like I got to eat whatever I wanted. Like I know we talk about how like intuitive eating isn't eating whatever you want and and I don't think that it is, but I think that there's definitely like you have to go through that period. Oh yeah. Um, and so like sure that period was fun because I got to eat whatever I wanted. Um, but I think it also normalized it. Like it took doing that for a few months to normalize it. I'm just taking note of like the bliss in your voice that when you say like, I could eat whenever I, like whatever I wanted, like what, what happened when we started like not allowing ourselves permission to eat whatever we want? Because like a part of me is like, like, of course we can eat whatever we want. Why, why are we sometimes so apprehensive of that? Like where does, where do the conditions that we place on food come from? Oh my gosh. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere really genuinely like it's stuff you've learned growing up you know i think when we were kids it was the foods that our parents were like well you have to eat this and drink your milk before you can have this and so all of a sudden this ice cream has an incentive on its head um mm. you know you grow up hearing good and bad um, I think good and bad has been really hard for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good food. It's a bad food. And a phrase that I discovered through the intuitive eating book is nutritious versus play foods. And I love that. Because when you talk about them, sometimes they need categories. Um, and so those are great. Um, they are. It comes from the way other people talk about themselves. You know, like the influences of the seven different diets your seven friends are on and what's good and bad for them. Um, it comes through hearing that calories are bad from you and seeing the number of calories on the back of a package. I know something I've had to do for myself throughout this process is I'm not at a point that I can look at serving sizes and calories. And I've just had to accept that. Like if I don't look at the nutrition facts, not, that that's always how it's going to be. But like, mm -hmm. I'm just not in a place where I can do that right now. Um, we've talked a lot about how it comes from social media ads. I mean, like you look up, cause I frequently look up like different workouts. I enjoy working out. I enjoy putting workouts together. Yeah. And so the internet assumes that that means I want to try every fad diet out there. It assumes um, you want to lose weight. Yeah. So then you get ads for apples are bad for you. They're going to make you gain weight. And so I really feel like in the culture we're living in, it comes from everywhere. Like it's conditioned as a kid and then it just gets worse as you get older. I think so many of us can relate to those messages that we've heard from our upbringing, from our parents, from our culture. These The message of fat phobia, I feel like, is one of the deepest and hardest to work through because like that relentless pursuit of thinness, which is like the heartbeat of diet culture, is something that really impedes on our relationship with food. And that's where I think all of these narratives kind of stem from that say like, oh, the, the calories and the serving size and eat this way. I was just talking to a friend about a little package of almonds that had like a diet-related message. She bought these almonds thinking they're so cute. Oh my gosh, but there's like only eat this ration. It's like, oh, geez. Well, now this really cute thing just became like something not so cute, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that can generally happen. And and I just want to kind of back up and just thank you for uncovering, you know, so much about your journey, kind of discovering intuitive eating after being on the whole 30 and recognizing that you just, 
did not want to diet anymore and you wanted to like get to the deeper root of why your food behaviors were kind of the way that they were. Is that, does that feel true? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I really, well, the first, the first time I did a whole 30, um, I did it with the intent of weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what meal prep was. I didn't know how to do it. And I just was starving all the time. I was sick all the time. It was awful. Mm. The second time I did a whole 30, I like got my act together and I learned how to cook. Um, and that whole 30 was like, I will still say like pretty life changing for me. I learned how to cook. My skin cleared up for the first time. Like there's definitely a lot of good things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then for a while, it was a pursuit of wellness. Like it really, I thought I was doing the best thing for myself. And then after I had lost about 50 pounds, well, then it really shifted to weight loss. Like, oh, look at what this has done for me. Okay, if I do it harder, if I go harder, I'm going to get to where I have wanted to be my whole life. Um, Which meant what for you? Oh, you know, like just small. I've always wanted to be smaller um, and thinner. Um, and I, it's funny because I look back on photos of me in high school and I was like bigger than the people around me for the most part. But like I wasn't a big kid, you know, but like I have always felt like I wasn't small enough. My stomach mm-hmm. was too big. My thighs were too big. And um, it just becomes something that's like very degrading. And I think that the longer that you reach for that, um, the more unattainable it seems, but also the more you want it, if that makes mm, sense. Okay. Like there's something about the, the challenge of it that just drives you further into yeah. wanting it. It's just like you're in the mud, but you're going to keep trudging through because that is the work. Yeah. And um, I feel that. I feel like that's why such like ambitious – and determined and amazing women, you know, get caught up in the dieting cycle because it's like, I'm going to prove to myself I can do this. Did you ever feel that way of just like, I know I can do this. I've, you know, proven to myself I've done it before. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And like the people around me, like, you know, you think about how do they look at me and how do they see me? Um, I know we had a long conversation one time trying to like get to the root of where that comes from. Right. Because like the side size, why? And you know, there's definitely like a sense of self-confidence or perceived self-confidence that comes from that. Um, But you know, I think too, something that we uncovered for me is like everybody in my life when I was younger that like had it together was thin. Everybody who was organized, everybody who had a nice clean house, everybody who had like the cute dogs and the well-behaved kids and was good at dance, like the good job, like all these people that I looked up to had one thing in common. They were like thin and beautiful. Um, And that was just, and I'm sure there were some exceptions, but like, that's how I remember perceiving it. That like, Mm -hmm. once I lose this weight, once I'm the right size, once I'm confident about my body, everything else is going to fall in line. My house is going to be clean. My car is going to be clean. I'm going to be organized. I'm going to be saving. Like, and first of all, that's just not how it works. Like I've come to accept that, but that is like, once you're thin, you have it all together. And I think that that's always been the thing in my mind, the image in my mind. Right. 
And so, of course, if that's like, like growing up, you've seen these women and you've seen their lives in that way, it's like, oh, if I achieve this one thing, it'll lead to this world, this utopian life, um, just like these women that we look up to. And I think that's so true for so many of us, women that we respect or find successful, um, or we look in the media or in social media, and they're exactly what you're describing, right? We see their highlight reels on social media. It's like, oh, the clean house and the the kids and the family, and they're so beautiful and matching. And also the common message also is like they're thin. And so like, of course, we're like, creating that narrative in our mind is like, if we're thin, it'll grant us these things. But it seems like right now in your work, you're kind of like busting through that and realizing you can have all of those things without changing your body. And that's a hard concept sometimes to really work through. Yeah, it is. And it, some days it feels true. Mm -hmm. And some days you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I can feel my stomach today. Like, and it just, that's really been something that's been hard for me on and off throughout this process. But really like the past week too, it's hit me. Um, of like this desire to start controlling again. And well, if I can just lose 20 pounds, I'll feel better in my body and I can try again. Mm -hmm. Um, cause yeah, some days that feels totally true that like I can have all of those things and be whatever size I am. Mm -hmm. And then other days it's like, but am I ever actually going to be all of those things? Mm. If this one thing doesn't fall into place. And I think Mm -hmm. throughout that journey, that's been one of the hardest things to fight. And by hard, I mean like everything from just like feeling bummed, feeling frustrated, feeling sad, needing to change clothes several times to like full on crying meltdowns in my car. Like it has run the gamut of just like painful, painful and just hard to work through. Absolutely. And so witnessing you that in that Katie, of just like that, that hardness and that difficulty. And I want to just kind of normalize that so many people are in your same boat with you in that of just constantly wondering and trying if if they do this right thing, if they hop on this diet or this exercise regimen, will then finally their body be enough? Yeah. But it's not actually about the body. It's about all of the things that come with the representation of that body. It's almost like, and see if this feels true to you, maybe it doesn't, but it's almost like going to a smaller size is a representation of all of the other deeper, more meaningful desires that we want in life. Yeah, I think that definitely feels true. What helps you climb out of that? Like recognizing we're all in this work, like recognizing we are all having bad body image days and oftentimes don't feel maybe comfortable in our bodies. Like what is something, recognizing that, like what is something that maybe is a difference for you on a day that you do feel more confident in your body Yeah, or secure um, or safe? Honestly, I think it just varies because sometimes they're so random. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that things that help me on those days, um, one is a trick that you taught me, mm-hmm. um, is when you get dressed, not to look in the mirror, mm-hmm. to like see how the clothes feel on your body. Yeah. Um, 
I put a top on the other day and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't know if I like the way this looks. And I stepped away from the mirror and I was like, no, but I'm so comfortable in it. Like, it's not squeezing me in the wrong way. It's cute. Like, I'm going to feel good in this top. Even if I don't love the way that it, like, highlights whatever part of me, it feels comfortable on. So I think that that's one thing. Um, I think some days, like, just taking a walk helps, um, which I have to remind myself that I can't do it in, like, a we're going to make ourselves skinnier kind of way. But sometimes just, like, getting outside and, like, getting my heart rate up is helpful to, like, get myself out of my mind. Um, And just writing it out. You know, something that I've learned more and more and something you've reminded me over and over again is like, you can't force this process. Um, And I'm like a type A person. I really like to be in control of things. Like I cope by making lists and being actionable. Mm -hmm. And so this whole concept of like, just go with the flow and ride it out is like just unnerving to me. But genuinely, like sometimes that's the best I can do. And that's what gets me through it is like this idea of permission, like, okay, today we're not going to be okay. And even though we're not feeling good in our body today Mm -hmm. and we want to eat Chick-fil-A or maybe eat a little bit, not that there's anything wrong with Chick-fil-A. That was just like the first thing that popped into my mind, but like Mm -hmm. eat a little bit more and eat the, eat the candy and eat the play foods. Cause sometimes on those days, like that's what feels good to me. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's okay. And it's not forever. And I think that on those days too, sometimes it's more important. I've been learning to incorporate the play foods because I think sometimes on hard body days when I try to go like, oh, let's be nutritious all day, that like that starts to take me down the, oh, we'll just start a diet tomorrow. And you're like, nope, nope, it's okay. You can eat the cookies even when you don't love how you look. Like, uh. And so just writing it out is something I'm learning more and more that like, you just got to do what you got to do to make yourself comfortable sometimes on those days. Absolutely. And like honoring the body's needs, all of what you talked about are very like embodied practices, like feeling like things that get you from like that thinking state into a feeling state. It's like, we're not just going to fix whatever first thing comes into mind. Like when we're having a bad body image day, sometimes we can think like, as you were saying, like just hopping on the diet or crafting a new workout routine. It's like we go right to the fixing so quickly. Yeah. But all of what you just talked about was like the feeling stuff, like the waiting it out or going with the flow. What I'm taking from that is like sitting with it for a minute. Is that kind of what you're saying of like just kind of getting into the body and not just going right to fixing, but almost riding it out in like a feeling out the body kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think something I've struggled with is like, what am I feeling right now? Like what is leading to this? And I still don't think I'm very good at figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely have to try to like, oh, well this is going on with my family and this is stressful at work and I didn't sleep well last night. So that's probably how we ended up here Mm. Uh, to try to like see why I might be feeling that way. Um, and, and yeah, definitely just like sinking into to what I'm feeling, how my body feels. And, and the thing that I've had to realize too is you can't fix it. It's not like, oh, my car's out of gas today. I'm going to go to the gas station and refill it. And in five minutes, it's going to be fixed. Like if you don't like your weight, if you're not happy with yourself, like, first of all, a lot of that's like 
on the inside. And second of all, even just talking in terms of like numbers, if you want to lose 20 pounds, like that's not something you can fix in 24 hours. <laughs> so accepting that it's not something that I can just like go and fix, like I'm going to have to get through that day one way or another. So I might as well like take care of myself rather than beat myself up all day. Cause like I can't fix it by the end of the day. So darn true. <laughs> it makes sense that you're like using your intellect to like reason through all that because like we have to have like a gateway to the body. And sometimes it's just like, okay, how can we rationalize with like the situation is what's happening right now? Sometimes that can be like a grounding thing of just saying like, what's the problem? What do I see as a solution? And that solution comes at what cost? Dieting comes at what cost, right? Yeah. This regimented eating comes at what cost. And that all often leads us like further and further from building like that healthy relationship with food that proves to be the more sustainable thing. But it's definitely not always the easier thing. Maybe it's just totally easier, do you feel, Katie, to like just follow the rules for a while? Oh, yeah. But then we find ourselves back into the trap. Yeah. What other challenges are you kind of experiencing right now, like to avoid the trap of dieting? <laughs> um, I think, and something we've talked about is like finding people who understand what intuitive eating is. Yeah. Because um, there's definitely this perception of like, I find sometimes of like eating whatever you want and you're letting yourself go and you know, oh. you had been so good. You had lost all this weight. Like, now what are you doing? Why aren't you eating healthy? Like, you were the person that kept me in check. Like, there's a lot of messages like that, especially because in those, like, two years, I had built my identity on being the healthy one. Mm. Um, and so trying to, like, break away from that, I think is is really challenging sometimes and makes me want to be like, oh, let's just, we'll just pop back to that. Like, we'll just go back to being um, the healthy one. So I think that that is definitely a challenge sometimes. I think people want to be helpful and want to be supportive, but it's almost like I'm like, I need you to read this whole book before you talk to me. You mean the intuitive eating book? Yes. Yeah, like before we have this conversation, I need you to go through these principles and understand why I'm letting myself eat the two donuts if I want the two donuts and why I'm having a salad for dinner if I want one. Like, um, so I think that that is definitely, definitely something I've faced. And then just like internally, yeah. I sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, Katie, and you've been doing this for six months. Like you should have it together already. And then I have to like look at the grand scheme of things sometimes and be like, but you were dieting for 23 years. Um, I was on Weight Watchers when I was like 12 and like rationing my points so that I could have Hershey kisses throughout the day. Like mm -hmm. the more and more I think about it, the more and more moments I think of like times I restricted food or like not didn't have access to food, like wouldn't give myself access and how that's like deeply ingrained and and I have to stop a lot and remind myself, like, you're 24, and I don't want to be on this carnival ride for the rest of my life. And so, like, if it takes a year, 
it takes a year. If it takes a year and a half, it takes a year and a half. But like, hopefully that builds something that makes my life easier in the future. And I say all of this, like I believe it on a daily basis and I don't, (laughs) like I totally don't. (laughs) On a good day, I can absolutely tell myself that. And on a bad day, I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? And I feel like that's all like so normal. I mean, like when I start the show off and I say like, I'm an anti-diet dietitian, what I mean by that is all of the dieting stuff that you've heard all of your life, we're going to like flip it on its head and see how we do. Like literally like the anti, like indirect opposition way, right? (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) this is like work, right? To like unlearn all of these things that you said that you've learned from, you know, Weight Watchers when you were 12, messages that we've heard from our parents, diet culture at large. Like this is a big thing to overturn. So, oh my gosh, it makes complete sense for some mornings to be like, Oh man, what am I, what am I doing? What is my goal with health? What is my goal with, (laughs) with all of this? And then that's another thing that like prompts us into like fixing, right? Then it's just like, wait, we got to go back to what we already know. We got to go back to what we've learned for the past decade. This is all really new. Can you kind of explain sometimes though, times or instances maybe where you kind of felt like intuitive eating might be the thing? Or I guess, no, even a better question that I have, Katie, is like, what even keeps you in intuitive eating? Like knowing that like, okay, dieting may be easier, knowing that it's something that you've been doing your whole life. You've mentioned it's like this carnival ride that you don't want to continue to be on, but this kind of is new and also scary. Like what keeps you in the realm of intuitive eating at all? Um, I think a couple things. I think first of all, like at the end of the day, and, and I feel this way sometimes too, when people are like, but is it healthy? I'm like, yeah, actually, like, I think that I'm seeking a deeper version of healthy, you know, like, I think I'm seeking like a true wellness. Um, you know, I've laughed sometimes because when we chat back and forth, I'm like, I'm turning you into my therapist, Um, (laughs) but it's all so connected. And like, I'm a deep believer that everybody should be in therapy. Like no matter what your problems are, we're all crazy. I Um, love it. I love that you just said that. Like, (laughs) amen. Can we just get it? Amen to that. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I think that it should be normalized, but in a sense, like this is connecting the two. Um, Something I've had a hard time with is like, when I ask myself or when you ask me, like, what do you feel? How does that feel? And I'm so used to saying, like, good, fine, bad, that, like, finding a feeling is, like, I'm searching for Bigfoot. Like, I don't know what a feeling is. (laughs) I don't know how this feels in my body. But in a sense, like, isn't that sad? Um, And so so I think that that's one thing is, like, I really feel like I am finding a deeper version of what health is. Um, I think that instances where I've like gone out with my friends and I've been able to like share the garlic bread, enjoy a drink, split nachos in a cookie skillet instead of being like asking the waiter a million questions about it and then being like, I don't eat those things or that's going to make me gain weight. Like there's a certain freedom in that. I'm so sorry. Yay. We love animals. (laughs) There is a certain freedom in that. And 
you talked earlier about like, oh my gosh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you're going to see this most adorable dog just enter the screen. Oh my gosh. Tell us your dog's name once more. This is Jake Owen. He's a little mess, but we love him. Oh, we do. Certainly. He is also welcome at the kitchen table. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that the concept of permission kind of is the gateway to relieving that guilt and how you talk about like having that guilt be relieved, like when you're at a restaurant or when you're with your friends, like leaving that, leaving situations with your friends, like how has intuitive eating in that way, like impacted, I don't know, like the ways that you eat with friends in your social life. I mean, even down to like, we can go to whatever restaurant we want. Mm. Like the fundamental idea of like, where do we want to go? Um, you know, I live in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and while I've definitely grown to love it, we have a lot of like bigger chains and then some fun local restaurants. But it's not like we're in New York or LA where there's like gluten-free, paleo, Whole30, dairy-free readily available on every menu. And I had really boxed myself into like two or three restaurants in town where I can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just even being able to like pick a restaurant that sounds fun. Absolutely. Um, and then just not having to be picky, you know, going to a friend's house and being like, whatever you have, I can't wait to enjoy it. Like, I can't wait to enjoy what you want to share with me um, is, is new and fun. That does seem blissful. Like without having to maybe in the past, like maybe you've, you've worried about like maybe what she'd make for you and like making sure that she's not offended by you not eating the thing that she made or thinking about what's all in it or asking her a million questions. Right. And I know that I've been in there in that situation as well. Um, kind of thinking those things with the greatest intention of wanting to do the best for ourselves and for our health. And especially when our health is tied to our identity, we almost feel like we're obligated to ourselves to ask those questions that can get really tough. And so um, unraveling that comes with just like this element of bliss that I'm just even noticing in like your openness and your body posture that I'm noticing in the smile on your face right now. Like it just feels really real and true and and genuine the ways that you approach food and relationships now, maybe in this new and different way. And um, having it not be something that like impedes on even like your selections with a group or the thoughts that you have, et cetera. That's really amazing. And I just want to take a moment to just like reflect back to you, like how amazing that bliss is um, (laughs) to witness in your life. Um, You mentioned also like there's a deeper health that you're seeking through intuitive eating. And what I'm taking from that, and, and I'm curious if this is what you mean by that, but like there's kind of like this superficial thought of like weight loss being the solution. But now with intuitive eating, like we we remove like weight loss as being like the ultimate goal because we're looking for like a deeper health outcome, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And I'm curious, like what that deeper health means for you. Um, I think for me, what I finally like deduced it to meaning is that I'm not constantly fighting myself, that like my mind and body aren't at a constant battle. And I think that I think something that really struck me, and I don't know if I read it, if we talked about it, was like, my body's going to 
change for the rest of my life. Like my body's going to change when I have kids. I'm going to go through stressful situations. Like as I get older, I'm going to get more wrinkles and gray hair. And like, it's constantly changing. And if I don't stop and learn how to cope with that and how to love myself now, like I'm constantly going to be fighting it. And I think too, the realization that like not everyone in the world thinks about food all day was like, oh, there's something unhealthy about that. Like there's a problem there that I'm like cooking. And then what am I going to eat next? And when do I get to eat next? And is it going to be good? And do I have this? And do I have that? And like that doesn't have to take up that much brain space. I think for me, it's just like, it's taken up that much brain space my whole life. And so I just assumed that it did for everyone else too. And I think that learning that it doesn't have to and that it doesn't for everyone else was like, that's something that I want to achieve. Mm. Um, Cause that obsession and that constant thought about it is exhausting. And I think, especially when it's entangled with so many diet culture messages, it's not mm-hmm. just thinking like, Oh, what sounds good next? It's what, how many calories is that? Is that good? Is that good for me? Is that healthy? Is that what I should be eating? Is that too many carbs? Is that going to make me gain weight? Like it's not just one message. It's entangled with like, guilt and shame and curiosity and not even curiosity, just like uncertainty, I guess is a better word. Right. Um, so I think those would be my two biggest things that like, I don't want to fight it for the rest of my life. Like I want to learn to roll with it. Um, and, and, you know, I want to have a balance. I think that that's always been a hard thing for me that it's either like we're all play foods or we're all nutritious foods. Mm. Um, and that when we fall on the play food train, like we can't get off the play food train. Um, something that's been interesting to figure out is that I never thought about is like grocery shopping right now. Like I want to make sure I have enough nutritious foods available to me throughout the week, but I also want to make sure that there's like sweets and treats available. Um, and I don't want to fight that balance for the rest of my life, you know, constantly feeling like I have to get back on the train. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's a multifaceted answer to what a deeper health is coming to mean to me. I so appreciate you sharing that. And I think that you're also so not alone on the struggles that you're kind of thinking or facing that you're realizing some people don't struggle with. Like, yes, like so many people including myself at a time, right? We're in your same boat of, of really thinking about food a lot or having a lot of body image days. And I love that you share that like, there's actually this different reality in which that like that pain and that struggle, those frustrations don't exist. And there's a way to get to that. And it seems like wanting to get to that for you feels like more meaningful long-term and for yourself and your health right now then falling back on the dieting trainer, constantly feeling like you have to go back on that carousel, knowing what that outcome has been for most of your life of that kind of tug of war, back and forth, yo-yo dieting journey. So it seems like right now through intuitive eating and correct me if I'm wrong, or if this does not feel true to you, because I'm not attached to it being (laughs) true. But what I'm hearing from you is that like, you're looking for just like sustainable health outcomes that you are feeling into that is like balanced, but not 
in a diet culture's balanced way of like, it's, <laughs> ha- it's, in, it's in your way. And sometimes that's not balanced, right? Sometimes that's going to be more play foods than nutritious foods. And sometimes it's going to be more nutritious foods than play foods, but it's your choice. It's like you having that authority of what your diet, what food you're eating. That's what the dieting I meant there was <laughs> <laughs> that is tricky, um, but but what foods you are choosing to eat, right? Uh, does that feel true with with what relationship with food you want to build right now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with dieting and with different diets, mm-hmm. um, you have this outside voice telling you what you should be eating, what you should be doing. And so I think that that kind of leads to looking for constant validation, validation that your size is right, validation that you're eating correctly, validation that you're working out enough. Um, And I think something that's challenging with intuitive eating is you have to turn inwards and look for validation. Um, And you have to be your own authority. And so in a sense, like, even when you have support with intuitive eating, like, I don't want to say it's a lonely journey, but like it can be like you have to stop and listen to your thoughts and listen to your brain. And I always feel so supported by you. And you're so funny when you're like, I can see from above the trees, we're making progress. (laughs) Um, But even with the best support, like you have to walk through that yourself and learn to be confident in your own voice. Um, And that's hard, (laughs) but it's important. (laughs) I just got like overall body tingles when you said that you have to turn inward and find your own voice. Yeah. Because so often we're looking outward for the voices and for the validation, right? Like when we eat a good food by diet culture standards, like a good food, that's validating, right? We're doing the right thing. It's clear cut. It's just not sustainable, right? Like we can't follow that system for forever. But what happens then, Katie, like when we turn inward then and we honor our body, like like for you, like when you eat a food that sounds really good to you, like what kind of outcomes come from that? And, and is it validating in maybe a different way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of ties into like the days that intuitive eating has felt good. And I'm like, oh, I get this. Like the other morning, I, I think this might've been yesterday. Like I woke up and I was like, I had my coffee, which was great. And then I was like, you know what? I want some eggs with some cheese and a bagel. And I ate it and it was so good. I was even in a hurry. I ate it standing up and I didn't finish the second half of the bagel because it didn't sound good. And then I went to work and I like wasn't worried about food. And Mm. I think that the moments that it's clicked for me or that I found like the thing I was really looking for, you get to move on. Um, Whether it was a kale salad that sounded amazing with some really yummy fruit or it was this like one cookie that sounded amazing or my new favorite thing, which is um, a snickerdoodle cookie dough blizzard from Dairy Queen. Like if you haven't had it, you must have it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) You can hit the spot. Yeah. You can move on. Um, And that's not always true. You know, like there, I'm totally finding there are days I hit the spot and I have had a hard day, something's going on in my family or something stressful's going on at work. And then there are all these other nuances at play. But yes. the more and more I can hit the spot, the more and more I'm learning to like trust myself and be able to move on. Um, and so I think those are the moments that it feels really good. And it's validating and exciting in its own way. Because um, you're like, I did right by me, you know, like, and, and that packs its own punch. 
Yeah, it does pack its own punch. (laughs) One thing I want to take from that that you just said is trust. You use the word trust. This is just coming to me right now. It's dropping in. Can I share? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It feels like diets can bring a sense of validation by following the rules which are not sustainable. 95% of diets fail. They do not last over five years. Even for somebody who's dieted more than five years, they probably don't have a healthy relationship with food. So we're just not going down that route. The validation there is just a different sort of unsustainable validation that comes from external means. Intuitive eating, yes, does ask for like us internally to turn inward to find what honors the body. Instead of validation, what if we use the word trust? Instead of looking for validation with eating for ourselves through dieting and from comments from other people, seeing how we're eating, intuitive eating helps build body trust. Do you feel that that's true in your experience or what does body trust kind of mean for you? Yeah, I think that that definitely feels true and um, it means different things every day, but it something I'm having to learn, especially because I feel like this journey to like finding the balance and really finding intuitive eating is taking a while is sometimes it is continuing to say yes on the days that you still want food. Um, yep. Sometimes it's trusting my body when I'm not hungry until 11. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, my coffee was good this morning and I'm not intentionally restricting, but I'm just like trusting that I'm not ready for food yet. Yeah. Um, and how fun does that sound? You know, I think I mentioned earlier, like I'm 24 and like the idea, hopefully I'll live for many more years. And the idea that like, I'll just be able to like go with the flow and like make a grocery list that sounds good to me and like wake up and be like, this sounds good. And this sounds good. And this sounds good. And it's like balanced and my weight will even out and be where it's supposed to be. And it Mm -hmm. will be like a blissful thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll be able to wake up and be like, what movement sounds good and do that and it be enjoyable rather than feel forceful. Like, I would so much rather do that for 50 plus years than like continue to look to a new person or a new diet to tell me what I should be doing. I just don't want to play that game. What if you could have all of that, having that normal relationship with food that you're talking about, having a healthy relationship with food that you're talking about, and have that vision that you were mentioning earlier in the episode from all of those women that you felt like were successful earlier in your life? What if you could have that healthy relationship with food and also achieve all of those other things in your own authentic way? Do you know what I mean? Like carve the life that you freaking want. Yeah. Because after we say like yes to food and having – this relationship with food that feels like you're autonomous over it. It can be blissful. You can feel good and energized and healthy in your body. You can go to the doctor's office. You have like great markers and you don't have to restrict your food intake, right? Like you're mentally, physically, emotionally healthy. That's what we all want. Yeah. And we can have all of the other things in life that we want by just saying yes to that as well. Yeah, we do. And I think that the moments that like I say – yes, and things kind of click are really the days that like, I'm not as worried about my body because I'm like confident that I'm taking care of it. And I feel fine in it because I'm just not worried about it. Like I know that I'm making good choices for me. And so like what you think of me today really doesn't matter. Um, Love that. 
so yeah, that it just sounds very blissful. And you know, when you're not, I think that element of permission too is helpful um, on the hard days because I think that there is a lot of shame that surrounds binge eating a lot of times. I know that's something I felt. And so there are so many days in my past where like I've had a binge and then I'm just like my day shot. Like I'm just going to hide on the couch for the rest of the day because I feel shameful. Um, I think that the element of permission says, and that's okay. There's something deeper there and we may get curious about it later, but for today we can move on. Like maybe it would feel good to do my dishes. And so while I'm seeking that like healthy relationship with food, I can still find that like success in my career and that super clean house and the adorable dog, which like we've already got that covered. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> <we do. laughs> but you know that like that element of permission, like takes all that extra time spent on guilt and shame and like allows you to just move on to the next thing, um, which is important. It's so important. Oh, there's so much truth in your sharing, Katie. I just want to thank you so much for for all of it. Thank you. And I yeah. so agree. And gosh, then the next thing leads to the next thing. Like, like right? Like, okay, what do the dish what do clean dishes mean for me right now? Okay, like, what is my relationship with the dishes? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> why why are we not okay with having a dirty dish in the sink? You know, should we unpack that? No. <laughs> Back to the comment of like, we're all crazy and need therapy because like, look, we are on this podcast, Divining Success as a clean house. Maybe there is, you know, I do too, right? Like that feels darn good. Okay. If it feels good, that, that must be good, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I love that. And, and thank you for all your sharing again. And I just want to really reflect back to you how amazing it is that despite all of the challenges that you're seeing in intuitive eating right now, that you're still finding that deeper relationship with health and food that you're looking for to get off of that carousel of dieting and rediscover your relationship with food and with yourself in the process. Yeah. I admire that. I am inspired you. by you. You're inspiring so many other people on the show. I just thank you for that. Um, Katie, do you want to share any last bits about yourself? Do you want people to find you or contact you? And you can say, no, we didn't talk about that before we started the show. Um, but if somebody has a question about intuitive eating or about working with me with intuitive eating, like, would you be open at all for them to contact you? And this is yeah, like, absolutely. No we did not yeah, no, I think that finding community in this work is so important. We've had a couple group calls and it's just very validating of like either I see what you're going through. Like I'm there in that struggle too, or like, Oh, you're one step ahead of me on that. I can't wait to be there. So I think finding community in this work is so fun. Working with Alicia has just been like amazing. So absolutely. Um, and it's hard, but it's, it's a good hard. Yeah. It's a good hard. So yeah, feel free to, feel free to reach out. I'm sure Alicia will like put my information somewhere. I can. Thank you for that permission. I will do. And, and yes, uh, Katie is just so bright. She's such a light and, and yes, she's just offered you permission to go and reach out to her. So if you're feeling called to do so, please do. Um, Katie, thank you so much for your sharing today. And I hope that you would come back on the show soon and join me at the kitchen table again. Always.
Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you, everyone, for joining in, and we'll see you back on Monday's episode.